Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. We are returning from a couple of down days over the July 4th holiday. So here are the stories in sports business you need to know. This is your Morning Buzzcast for Tuesday, July 5th. Good morning, I'm Abe Madcore. Let's start with the tenuous state of college sports. And today, Tuesday, multiple reports state that the Big 12 will be meeting today to discuss outreach to a number of Pac-12 schools. Most of the reports focus on the Big 12's interest in Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado. Nothing seems imminent, and it seems that both sides are still trying to determine their way forward. The Pac-12 already is exploring possible expansion and will likely try to land a few Big 12 schools. And it's hard to believe that both the Big 12 and the Pac-12 survive as they are today. The key schools to watch among many insiders are Oregon and Washington. Longtime Pac-12 watcher John Canzano calls them, quote, the glue holding the Pac-12 together, unquote. He speculates that if Oregon and Washington stay in the Pac-12, there's a chance the rest of the Pac-12 merges with the Big 12. But most insiders do expect the Arizona schools and likely Colorado and Utah to explore a move into the Big 12. We'll have to see how today's meetings go. And remember, new commissioner Brett Yormark wasn't scheduled to even formally start his job at the Big 12 until August 1st. He was expected to make an appearance at the Big 12 media days scheduled for July 13th and 14th in Dallas. But boy, the events of the last week surely changes everything about the start of Brett Yormark's tenure at the Big 12. If you want the clearest reason why players are joining Live Golf, look no further than the case of Brendan Grace. He won Live Golf's debut event in the United States, which was held in Portland over the weekend. He earned $2 million for playing in the inaugural event in London, He earned $4.3 million on Saturday for winning the Portland event and for being second in the team event in Portland. So that brought his two-week earnings on Live Golf to more than $6.4 million. Let's put this in context. Brendan Grace has played on the PGA Tour since 2015, and his most on-course earnings in a single PGA Tour season was $2.8 million, and that was in 2015. So over his career, he's won $12 million on the PGA Tour. In two events on Live Golf Circuit, he has won more than half of that. So the players see this financial opportunity, and it's just too much to pass up. Brendan Grace has won more money in the last month playing on Live Golf than he has for quite some time on the PGA Tour. So the Live Golf Series has now completed two events 
and its U.S. debut at Pumpkin Ridge, it went off without any issues or notable protests. There still seems to be some momentum around Live Golf and at least interest in the circuit. Live Golf is believed to be ready to spend $2 billion to get the tour going. They are in no rush for any financial return, but I will note in the last few weeks, the narrative around Live Golf has changed in that executive state they are really aiming to be a profitable business. Now, one report in Portland noted that the controversial issues surrounding Live Golf Tour weren't really mentioned much over the weekend, and that the event does have a slightly different look and feel. There's a lot of content production on the course. There are signs throughout the tournament saying golf but louder, and hip-hop music was played throughout the driving range. Now, crowds on Saturday in Portland were larger than on Thursday and Friday. Live Golf said Saturday was a sellout, but would not reveal the number of tickets sold. The next event for Live Golf is set at Trump National Golf Course in Bedminster, New Jersey at the end of July. And interesting news came on Monday when Ian Poulter and two other players who signed up for Live Golf won a stay from a British court which will allow them to play in the Scottish Open. Remember, the players had challenged their suspension from the Scottish Open and two other tournaments. They were suspended by the European Tour for committing to Live Golf. So this is an early court win for the Live Golf players, and that's something we will continue to keep an eye on. Wimbledon heads into its second week, and so far there are fewer fans attending Wimbledon, and there are no real clear reasons as to why. Through the first six days of the main competition at the All England Club, official attendance was down 7% from week one of the last pre-pandemic tournament in 2019. Now, if you take out the last two years, 20 and 21, this 2022 figure is the second lowest first round week attendance since 2007. So it's hard to determine exactly what accounts for the drop in attendance. Now, COVID has been mentioned as a factor as three of the top 20 men's seats withdrew after testing positive. There are a few big names missing. Roger Federer was not in the field. Remember, players from Russia and Belarus were barred from competing because of the war in Ukraine, and Serena Williams lost in the first round. Also, people are pointing to possible inflation having an impact on people attending Wimbledon. But the bottom line is, through week one, attendance is down 7%. We'll watch the number going into week two and through the rest of the tournament. You know, late last week, I got wind of some big news, a big hire at Chelsea, and it looks like a deal is being finalized where Chelsea will name Tom Glick to take over day-to-day running of the club. Tom Glick, no stranger to the sports business. He is the former City Football Group executive. He is the former president of the Carolina Panthers and Tepper Sports and Entertainment. He will be appointed as Chelsea's club director and really run the day-to-day operations of the club. Now, Chelsea has had a major staff overhaul following the takeover in May by a group led by Todd Boley. Chairman Bruce Buck has left. Chief Executive Guy Lawrence has left the club, and the club has been the focus of just a brutal report from the New York Times about the unhealthy and uh, toxic workplace culture under former leadership at Chelsea. Now, Tom Glick 
brings a wealth of football and soccer experience with him. Uh, he was a chief executive at Darby County. Like I said, he was at City Football Group. He was also at NYCFC during their inaugural season in Major League Soccer. Of course, he was president of the Panthers, and he played a leading role in bringing Charlotte FC into MLS this season. He left the Carolina Panthers and Tepper Sports and Entertainment in February. He'll bring a keen understanding uh, of the business side of soccer and the business side of sports to Chelsea. So a really strong hire by Todd Bowley in finalizing a deal with executive Tom Glick. And let's stay with people. Mark Murphy, Green Bay Packers president, confirmed over the weekend that he will step down from his role in 2025. That's a role he has served in for the past 14 years. Mark Murphy confirmed he'll retire July 13th, 2025, when he turned 70 years old, the club is already said to be seeking a successor for Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy took his role in January of 2008, one of the real kind people in the sports business. The Packers won a Super Bowl in his third season, and that made Mark Murphy the first to win a Super Bowl as a player and as a team CEO. Remember, he was a defensive back when Washington won the Super Bowl in 1982. So Mark Murphy announcing his retirement in 2025. And finally, rest in peace to Hank Goldberg. He worked at ESPN as a NFL reporter and handicapper for nearly two decades. He died Monday yesterday on his 82nd birthday. He was known, of course, as Hammering Hank, and he was a steady presence on ESPN for nearly two decades in predicting NFL games and contributing to the network's thoroughbred racing coverage. I always enjoyed Hammering Hank, so rest in peace, Hank Goldberg. So that is your morning buzzcast for Tuesday, July 5th. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody has a good start to their work week or has a great vacation if you're still taking some time off during the July 4th week. Until I speak to you again, stay healthy and be good to each other. I'll speak to you on Wednesday. Welcome to Irvine, California where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.